Let's stand together. Nobody else it could be but him. I'm so glad we know him today. To be able to know him not as a tradition or because our mamas or our daddies knew him and told him about us. But we can know him personally as an individual. We're so blessed today. Let's turn to the book of Hebrews chapter 1 if you would. And while you're turning there, I have a an announcement, Brother Matthew and Sister Elizabeth Pruitt, along with Brother Nathan and Sister Heidi Davis, would like to announce the engagement of their children, Weston and Mariah. Congratulations. Congratulations. Thank you. We wish them the Lord's best, don't we? Amen. Well, let's read about him. What Brother Caleb there was singing. Hebrews 1 1. God, who in sundry times and divers manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also He made the worlds, plural, not one, but many, by whom also he made the worlds. So it wasn't that there was an old man in heaven and he was, him and his little boy was making the worlds. But here's this great, great light in the realm of visibility, it would have been invisible. But out of that light comes an essence of something that can be seen. And that was his word, or as we call, his son. Listen to verse 3. Who being the brightness of his glory. Brightness of his glory. Vincent uses the word there as an outgoing ray that come from a great illuminating light. So Christ is the brightness of the glory of God. Who being the brightness of his glory an express image, which is the word character, which is a tool that is used for engraving, one that has the exact same image or a facsimile, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, upholding all things by the rhema of his power. When he had purged by himself, excuse me, purged our sins, set down on the right hand of the majesty on high. That's your husband. Amen. That's your husband. And may not to be remembered today as we pray, but also like you to remember Erica, if you would, she started her fourth treatment this week on Monday and will continue through next week. And, um, it's made her weak and tired, of course, but um, pray with us that she'll be able to complete this one. After this one, Lord willing, they plan on doing another scan, and we're just believing the Lord that he's going to move on her behalf. Amen. Just hold your desire and your request there in your heart as we pray. Heavenly Father, we love you so much today.
it was you, Lord God, when there was nothing there, no atoms, no molecules, not even space or time. It was you. It was you who appeared to Moses and said, I am that I am. It was you who appeared and made yourself known down through the ages. Finally, in humanity. And we're so grateful for that appearing. We believe that you come to the earth that you might be able to be touched by the feelings of our infirmities. So Lord, we raise our hands, we speak our needs, our requests, and we're bringing them to you today in your presence, knowing that you are mindful of us. Would you help us today, Father? I hold in my hand this prayer request, Lord, for one of our brothers here at the church. Lord, you see, having a procedure done this week, and we're asking you for your mercy to him, Lord God, that you'd be with him. God, may it go well, may have a good recovery. Father, we're just trusting you. The hand of every person that was uplifted signified a need, a desire, a request. We pray that you'd help them. No doubt there was many more that stream in the service today than what we can see here. And they're needing help, needing miracles, needing deliverance. So we pray that you'd be mindful of them as well. Grant it, Father, we pray in the name of the Lord Jesus. And the saints said, Amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. I'm sure that we're all convinced it will truly take eternity for us to be able to look and see how great our Father truly is. To think that He would desire to express Himself in this way. And we know that that expression was before sin and it will be after sin has been annihilated. I think about him and I ponder over him. Most of us ponder about many things, of course, and think about them. I know of nothing no greater than we can think about than him. But his person is so overwhelming. And when we think about greatness and big and large and all of that in our human mind, we try to think of it as humans do. But God, when he thinks of greatness... Greatness to him is expressed in humility. So it's not how big that he can be or how large that he could be, but it was how small that he could become. So he thought of himself of being a human, and that transmitted him down to become Jesus. So that's, that's Brother Branham's terms in describing it. And here's Paul's terms, who being in the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person. So it wasn't like that there was a visible being sitting on a throne and there was a, a younger being sitting by him, but it was in a realm, if we could have seen it, it would have been this bright, brilliant, magnificent glory that would have come from his being. And yet there was nothing there in the visible, tangible realm. No clouds, no stars, no molecules, no atoms, nothing at all. But he spoke and said, let there be. And there was. And what was that? That was his son. Now today I'm 
I'm, I'm a, a son of Don and Betty Reagan as my brother Harry and, and uh, other siblings that we have. Those of you today that are sons and daughters of your mother and father, but we're different in the way that God thought about his son. I'm not actually the word of Don Reagan, but I am of the mixing together of his chromosomes, 23 from him, 23 from my mother, and a mixture of their DNA to be able to make me. So my father could have said, let there be Donnie, let there be Tammy, let there be Harry, let there be Kimberly, and on and on and on down to our youngest brother, Jamie. But it would have never happened because my father did not have the ability to create by spoken word. So the only way that my father would ever be able to have fellowship with his seven children was through the bedding ground of a mother. Then mixing together their DNA and their chromosomes, then they would be able to have the productivity of all of their children. Each one of us looking different, each one of us having our own makeup, but yet Father God, whenever he wanted to have something of himself, he would not have to call for a woman to come and say, hey woman, uh, could I borrow your body for a little while? Could I be able to borrow you for a bit to be able to carry my children? No. All he would have to do is speak and there would be a son of himself. Now that son would bear the very image of his father. Now the older I get, the more I look like my daddy. Brother Tim Mullen took a picture, or had a picture of my father a couple of years ago and put it on one side and me by the other. And as he sent it to me, I was just quite alarmed really how much I looked like my daddy. And yet there's something in my DNA, something in me. Now it's not by choice that we choose to look like mother, father, aunt, or uncle, whoever it is, but it's something in us that's, that's handed down to each cell. And we know that our cells die ever so often and they have the ability to replicate themselves. And as they do, they don't replicate themselves. Say uh, my cells would replicate in the Reagan DNA and then whenever I'm about seven years old, <clears throat> that they would change change and replicate themselves in the manner of the Smiths or in the manner of the Yonces. Then if that would be, I would constantly be coming a new hybrid over and over again. But it is in the language of my DNA as well as yours that once they replicate themselves, they do it in this consistent pattern over and over again. So I was born a Reagan. In my teens, I was a Reagan. In my 20s, which has been a long time ago, I was a Reagan. <clears throat> and the older I get, I'm still a Reagan. So if I would live to be 80 or 90 and you'd be able to take my DNA from whenever I was born up to then, why? Because the language of my cells are made inside of each one of them. So whenever they duplicate themselves and replicate themselves, it produces the same pattern called genomes, which is given into my body. Well, when God desired to have a world that would be filled with his own children, 
broken. God never intended for us to be the way that we are today. And we know now <clears throat> that we are a hybrid in so much that we have eternal life inside of our soul, but yet we have mortal life inside of our bodies. But yet the great father God, when Adam had forfeited his right to the title deed of the earth, he didn't just give up the inheritance of the earth and change the past of the system on the earth itself, but he gave up our right to eternal life. He gave up my right to partake of the tree of life in the Garden of Eden. He relinquished your right as a son and daughter of God to where you would be subjected to this realm that we know as mortality. We were never made to be sick. We were never made to be weary. I know that's hard for our minds to imagine. God never intended for you to ever shed a tear out of those eyes. God never intended for you to have one sad, lonely hour of your life. He never meant for us to ever feel depressed and feel alone and lacking friends and lacking people that would love us. That was never his intention. You know, today, even it, it, it confuses many people. I'm sure you know it, but there are countless of thousands of Jews on the face of the earth today that are absolute infidels. They do not believe in God. Now, you may think, well, because they're a Jew, they automatically believe in God. No, they don't. They look at their history, and they look at the Holocaust, and out of that, of course, coming so many of them which have turned to anti-God, and they say, if there was a God, how would he ever let these things happen to our people? And many people today with that lack of understanding say, well, if there was a God, how would he let babies be born blind? How would he let people get cancer and get this and that and the other? Well, anytime I hear that, I know it's coming from a heart and from a mind and from a soul that has been darkened by Satan and they do not see that it was not God's plan at all for it to ever be that way. If you're gonna blame anybody, blame Adam. And then bring it on down to your mother and your father and your grandmother and then lastly, blame yourself. Because now we are in the spot to where we can choose. We were born mortals, born lost, born without really any hope other than the predestination of God. I'm grateful for that today. But yet we have a choice to where we can choose which way we go. That choice lays before each of us today. And God knew now, God knew that the world would be in this state today. He knew that Satan would be able to take this world and he would become the God of this evil age. He would become the prince of the power of the air only because the first son forfeited his rights and Satan moved in as a squatter. Now the original title deed, Satan has never been able to get that as his own. But he knew enough about the law of God to be able to move into the atmosphere 
move onto the conditions of the earth and be able to make this his temporary headquarters. And God, knowing that he would redeem it, but God must do it by his own law, which is just. And God could not just wink at what Adam and Eve had done in the Garden of Eden. But there must be a price that would be paid. And God in spirit form could not die. So God began the work of condescension. Now he did not come immediately from the invisible. As Paul identifies him in Timothy. Now unto the king, immortal, invisible, the only wise God. Also in the book of Hebrews, the Bible tells us that Moses, talking about Moses following the Lord, and he said that he did so seeing him who was invisible. So there is a way that the invisible world can be seen. And yet God did not come immediately from invisibility to becoming a man. But he come from invisibility and the second stage of that, that condescension would have been God coming in the form of the word. For in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. The same as in the beginning with God and John goes on to say and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life and the life was the light of men. But men love darkness rather than light. And I love, it goes on to say, and there was a man sent from God whose name was John. Isn't it strange that God would talk about light and darkness and then the intervention between the light and darkness would be a God sent man. Thank God for God sent men. Now today, people still struggling with trying to understand why the good things happen sometimes to bad people. How is it that sinners, many of them live their lives and many of them will never fight cancer. Many of them will never fight terrible, terrible diseases. And yet some people have been servants of the Lord and they give him their heart and it seems like when they start serving God, all hell breaks loose all around them. And they can go for years of their life, drinking, running around, doing whatever they want to do and it seems like they have no wrath of God, no judgment of God, David pondered the same thing many, many years ago. And he said, how is it that the wicked will begin to spread forth like the green bay tree? How is it that they go for years and years? And David looked at himself as a man who loved God with all of his heart, and he went from one trouble to another to another, one difficulty in life, and David was trying to understand how could it be. But yet we know that God does all things well. You believe that? I don't believe our God has ever made one mistake, nor will he ever make a mistake. So God knew that this would come. God knew that Russia last week would be able to launch another missile which they themselves, of course, call it their, by the Russian name, but the Western world calls it Satan II. Satan 2. Why? Because they've already tested Satan 1. And Satan 2 is even beyond anything that Satan 1 ever was. It will be able to hit any spot on the earth, including the Arctic and the Antarctica. 
It can go from Moscow or wherever they release it to any place on the earth in under 30 minutes. It also can fly in a way that remains undetected till it's done too late. Now, God knew that this would come and we have arrived at the spot to where man has the ability to annihilate himself off the face of the earth. But aren't you glad Papa's still controlling things? There's not a doubt in my mind that Mr. Putin would have already done horrible, tremendous things to devastate not only the Ukrainian people, but most of, most of Europe, and probably the great enemy, the United States of America. But no matter how much the Kremlin and Putin desire to destroy us, they will never be able to do it until the hand of God allows it. And we know also that before one of them bombs ever leave that hangar to come to the United States, before they go to hangar, oh my, the bride of Christ will be gone in a moment in a twinkling of an eye. So our hope today, as we've already sung, is in Jesus. I don't have any hope that the Biden administration will be able to really do much with Mr. Putin to you. Oh, I know some of our great men are there in the Ukraine today and tomorrow in the next couple of days, and they're already sending the stingers and they're sending, you know, all types of different things like that. They can send the, the Hornet, they can send the A-10 Warthog, they can send the Abrams tanks, they can do whatever they want to do, but until the power of God will move upon the earth, there will be no peace. And yet we know before that can ever happen, the world itself must be led to a spot to where it would seem like it will be utter destruction. For we know the prophecy of the Old Testament that said the righteous shall walk out on the ashes of the wicked. And we know at the end of the tribulation period that the world will go back into this cataclysmic state that it was in the beginning. Now we know our Father has the ability to divide atoms. And when he speaks and he's able to divide those atoms and the nuclear fallout comes out of it, yet it does not do what man does. And he's able to divide those atoms by the spoken word. And whenever he did it, he brought this beautiful earth of ours into existence. But when man goes to doing all this, he leaves all the nuclear waste. Oh, can you imagine? One of these bombs, they say, if it were to drop even a mild one, they have different degrees of how many kilotons, of course, is able to be released, kilotons uh, equal to the TNT. And now they have those that are so much more powerful than the fat boy and the long boy, which was released on the Japanese, that it can cause the flesh of human beings to melt off of their bodies over 50 miles away from the epicenter of where it happens. Those who are within hundreds and hundreds of miles of where the epicenter is will get the radiation sickness and they will die within six to nine months. I'll tell you, friend, the future of the world is very bleak without the promise of the word of God. 
and yet the church world is turning their back on the only thing that will save them and that is the word of God. Here we are at the very end time and people are turning away from this message, right? And the lights of home are visible if we have the eye of faith to see it. And yet the people, it's like they're tired and they're weary and they're giving up now. My, it's like a runner that's right at the very lap. You're right there. You can see the finish line right in front of you and yet people are turning away from the Lord. I say we need to run with all of our might. We need to run with all of our strength. We need to be encouraged. We need to do everything we can for the kingdom of God and know that the breaking of the day is right before us. Is it bleak? Is it dark? Yes, it is for the world. But may I say to you this morning, I'm not here to preach to you an atomic explosion or this or that or run somewhere or be able to get you a gas mask. You don't need a gas mask. What you need is a baptism of the Holy Ghost. You'll not be able to dig far enough down in the ground. You'll not be able to have enough gas masks to keep the radiation from eating your flesh can you imagine you're many many miles away from where they they drop it and you look you hear a sound and you simply look out the window and you are 40 miles away from where it came your eyeballs will be consumed in your sockets total blindness will strike you because of it oh but let me tell you you can look and see and what will you see darkness and chaos or you can look and live you can look to the promise of the word of God and he said I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you. There's good news coming friends. What is the gospel? The gospel is the good news. I'm here to tell you the world is groping in darkness like never before. Our people don't even know what a man is or what a woman is. They're changing it in the dictionaries where they can't even define what a girl is or what a woman is. Come on, don't get quiet on me. And they're wanting to transgender this and transgender that. My Bible says he made them male and female. That's right, God's word has not changed. And to the believer, I don't care what the woke culture does. I don't care what the woke society does. I'm already awoke. Hallelujah, I got woke up a long time ago. I woke up and realized there's only one to this world and that is for King Jesus to come back and take his bride out of this hell that we're living in every day but let me let hell know before we leave here we are going to walk on every devil's head we are going to conquer every evil we are going to conquer every power of darkness there will be nothing that will stop the bride of Christ Look out, devil. (laughs) Hallelujah. It doesn't even seem feasible, really. A being like this great eternal would want to use common people like us. Why in the world would he ever want to achieve greatness out of nobodies? 
out of people that are so irrelevant in the world. If every true message believer was taken off the earth in the morning between six and nine, that'd hardly be missed. All some of your families would miss you, uh, the people you work with on your job, maybe you go to school with, they'd miss you, but as far as the most part, the most of the world would never even know them. A missionary pedaling down his bicycle that you helped buy, and he decides he's going down to witness to whoever. There he goes, he's just riding down the road on his bicycle, and all of a sudden he's gone. You don't show up at your work, and they say, that's sorry, Greg Robbins, he is supposed to be over here to do this job for me. Where's he at? And you call and call and call, but guess what? No answer. My, you sisters are supposed to go here, there, there. Well, reckon where so-and-so is. She didn't show up on time. Oh, believe me, she's on time, all right. Amen, on time for the Father God to be able to meet this change. And yet the world will go right on. They will go on thinking everything is just fine and they'll be trying to raise up this and that to find peace on the earth. And by the time the bride is gone, Satan will have his antichrist move in the very spot. Everything of the mechanics on the dark side will be so pulled together within a week's time. The catastrophic changes that'll come on the earth will be unbelievable. I hope none of you are here to experience it because I'm telling you, you ain't think nothing like what's fixing to come to pass. You thought COVID was bad. COVID ain't nothing compared to the tribulation period. Oh, friends, let me encourage you today. Get in Christ Jesus with all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your mind, all of your being. Lay aside the things of the world. Lay aside the things of the flesh that hinder you. What God is looking for in this hour is young men, young women, old men, old women that will empty out their pride, empty out their tradition, empty out the things of the world and say, Lord God, fill me with yourself. Fill me with all that's good. Fill me with all the things you want me to have. Then what will I do, Brother Donnie? Then God will use you and pour out of your life that goodness to others, that salvation to others until the life last one is in. I don't have a problem seeing how that he could speak out of that holy express image of himself. But listen to this in the Hebrews. The prophet said he spoke to the church in the form of a man, his son, Christ Jesus. He's speaking through his church today. Through the anointed church of the living God. Through vessels of clay. Now Jesus was the only begotten. Virgin born. No sinful nature. Never cursed. Never said nothing wrong. Never did anything wrong. Did not need to be redeemed. Did not need to be saved. He was the Savior. You don't need to save a Savior. There was nothing about him that was impure. Nothing about him that needed to be even sanctified in the sense of a worldly habit. Now, he pulled himself apart from the world that could have had a wife. 
Yes, as a man, he could have had a wife, but it would have stumbled some of you. So he relinquished that natural wife on the earth and sanctified himself in that sense because some people could have never handled a married savior. And he knew that. So he looked and he said, I will relinquish my right to have a wife. He could have fathered children naturally. He was so much of a man. Yet they would have still had to have been born again by the Holy Ghost to ever enter into the kingdom of God. I can see God using that holy man. Not one flaw about him in any way. There was never a time that he ever uh, got angry and you know, lost his temper and said things and they go back, I'm sorry, Father. I shouldn't have thought that. I shouldn't have done that. Never once. But how can God use us poor mortals that are lower before we're saved. We're lower than animals. We're lower than any dog you've ever seen. We're lower than a hog. Why? We got a soul. The hog is just a hog. I mean, that's all she does. Oink, oink, oink. She just lives and eats and breeds, and then she dies and winds up on your between your biscuit for some morning for breakfast. And it's not because she chooses to be a hog. She's born a hog. She has no choice. Don't you think she'd rather become a, you know, some kind of pretty white horse or something like that instead of living in all that mud her entire life and winding up in the slaughterhouse, winding up on your biscuit, Brother Tony? Don't you think she'd rather be some kind of princess and this and that and the other? She has no choice. But yet mortals that have the opportunity to forsake the worldly hog pen, as it were, and they choose to stay in it instead of choosing eternal life. And then look at us, my, those of us that are saved and regenerated by the power of God, still vessels of clay, vessels in a tabernacle of humiliation, and the Lord God chooses to speak out of us and use us and be able to convey his love, and we complain and we gripe and we fuss, and we argue, we question, and guess, and second guess. Everything he does, Lord, why would you do this? How come you done that? Why would you do this? How come that? Is that right? Notice the prophet said, the vessels of clay. Ye are the branches and I'm the vine and God is still speaking and the world sees Jesus as you present him. Now the Baptists present to the world a Baptist Jesus. The Church of Christ, an arguing Jesus. That's what they are, arguers. The Pentecostals present a Pentecostal Jesus. Now let's bring it on down to us. We present to this community, to the world that we deal with, a Happy Valley version of Jesus. Brother Ron Spencer and his church, they present a version of Jesus. Brother Tim Pruitt, a version of Jesus. What is your version? Now, when people look at the Jesus that you present, is it the Jesus of the Bible? Does your Jesus still believe in miracles? 
Mine does. Does your Jesus still heal the sick? Fill with the Holy Ghost? Set the captive free? Oh, see, you don't have a Baptist Jesus. Because you see, the Baptist Jesus says the days of miracles is past. Now, I don't want to hurt your feelings, but some of the message folks have got a Baptist Jesus instead of the Jesus of the prophet of Malachi 4. Because they say, well, you know, when Brother Branham was here, God done this or that or the other. And when Brother Branham comes back, as they think he's going to do, then that's when God will resume it again. You got the wrong Jesus. But if you got the Jesus of Elijah, that Elijah preached one scripture more than any other. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He never changes. He's not the God of yesterday or just the God of tomorrow. He's a right now God. He's an on-time God. Oh, hallelujah. He's still healing the sick. He's still performing miracles. He's still changing lives. Anybody believe it today? That is the God that I serve. That is the only God I could serve. Now watch the prophet says, God is still speaking and the world sees Jesus. As you present him, that's how the world is. You are written epistles, read of all men, and your life tells what you are. So the way you present this Jesus is going to be something you'll answer for at that day. So if we project him that, well, he's not doing too much right now. You know, we just kind of go to church and hang out. We visit a little bit and have fellowship and we roast hot dogs and hamburgers and stuff like that. And then, uh, you know, we just kind of do the best we can. Be a pretty good sort of people. We're just waiting and waiting and waiting. One day, one day, something's gonna come. Something's gonna come and boy, we're all gonna be filled with the Holy Ghost. No, 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 no. That's not the way Enoch walked with God. Enoch was our type. He walked with God every day. The rapture was not some great big something different from what Enoch had. It was the culmination of what he had with his walk with God. The rapture is not some great big something that's outside of your own soul, but if you've got the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you have already been raised in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, and according to Paul, you have already been translated into the kingdom of his dear son. The translation is for the translated. The rapture is for the raptured. The going away is for those who've done gone away. Well, you say, you folks are crazy, you've lost your mind. That's right, we have, but we've got the mind of Christ. Notice what a peculiar thing that the prophet would relate this in the message called perfect strength by perfect weakness. See what God wants, God's got to have, what kind of vessels? Empty vessels. God's got, now can you imagine God, his whole program depending on having to have something. If God don't have this, 
His program will utterly fail. Now you know how God cannot fail. But he's got to have empty vessels. Listen, we had so much doctrine. I want you to notice now, Brother Ram doesn't mention alcohol, drugs, tobacco, pornography. But I want you to notice some of the stuff that he mentions. We've had so much doctrine, so much ecclesiastical nonsense until we're down at the end of the barrel. I guess that means the bottom. There's only one thing left. Turn to God and his word. And if you'll do that, get some empty vessels. Take all, now notice again, not alcohol, you know, smoking, marijuana. Take all the Methodist out of them. I wonder, don't raise your hand, but I wonder if there's any folks here that come from the Methodist church and you come to the message or from the Baptist or the Pentecostal and you left the Pentecostal church but it's all that rotten Pentecostal doctrine out of you. Well, <laughs> well, I'm gonna go ahead and say it. Some of the folks didn't come from Baptist, Methodist, or, or none of that Church of Christ stuff, but they come from an old dead, dried up message church that was twice dead and plucked up by the roots. And some of that tradition can be worse than Catholicism. And then we wonder why God don't move among us any greater than he was. He's looking for empty vessels. How much blue Gatorade do you figure I can put in this? Let me look. Okay. It's right there. So I might be able to put up to the very top. But now let's see what happens. Now I can put more. So let's get rid of our Pentecostal tradition. Oh, I ain't felt in the Lord in a month. I must not be saved. Well, I've been asking God to heal me, but I'm getting worse all along. It must not be the will of God. Let's get rid of that. I've made so many mistakes. He won't forgive me. Let's get rid of it. You see what I'm doing? Every bounce I take out of that bottle is making more room for something else to go in it. Every ounce of our unbelief, every ounce of our fears, every ounce of our tradition that we get out of ourselves makes more room for the Holy Ghost, makes more room for deliverance and healing and miracles. Well, I've always been taught that the church is kind of waiting along. We're not really got the Holy Ghost. Ain't nobody got the Holy Ghost but Brother Branham. For the promise is unto you and to your children and them that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Well, we can't have no revival because the prophet said the revival is over. You need to study a little deeper. In the invisible union, he said the move for the bride is on. It's thus saith the Lord. 
Oh, hallelujah. Drink a little bit more of that down. Get rid of it. What is not the same? He is the same. His power is the same. His resurrection is great today as it was when he raised 2,000 years ago. Well, I'm just kind of waiting until Brother Branham comes back. I'm really going to drink out there. Do you understand the people that believe that cannot believe Jesus Christ will come today? They are not looking for the coming of the Lord. I get up for him every day I get up. Wait, Brother Philip, this might be the day. This might be the day. But people who really believe that cannot believe Jesus Christ can come before four o'clock this afternoon. Well, I don't believe in preachers. There ain't no preachers. What's happening to this? Making more room. Oh, I wonder what all of us, my, if we'd sincerely go before the Lord and say, Lord, help me, help me. What tradition have I got in me, Lord? What have I got in me that's hindered me, Lord God, from being a real empty vessel? Am I filled up with ecclesiastical nonsense? Am I filled up with a bunch of fears and anxieties and worry? Oh, my. The prophet said what we need today is Christians that are not jellyfish. He said, you ever see a jellyfish? And he said, you just hit it and it just goes all to pieces. He said, but we need Christians today that'll tell the devil, you get out of my way. Amen. I am not a jellyfish Christian. I am a believer, a word-born believer. Out of my way, Satan. Take all the Methodists out, all the Pentecostal. Wow. Now, you didn't want to get rid of the Pentecostal experience, just Pentecostal nonsense. All the Baptists out of them, and just let them be vessels and set them up in the house. And then take from this vessel and begin to pour. So you see, the more we get out, then God pours his goodness, his love, his mercy, his forgiveness and all of that inside of us. And what do we do? We're just oozing with it. You ever get around people and they just ooze with contrariness? They just ooze with grouchiness. They just ooze out. I just don't want to be around them. Oh, they just ooze with it. My, wouldn't it be something to be that type of a child of God that when people got around you, they just felt baptized in goodness. (laughs) They just felt baptized in the mercy of God. They just loved to be around you because you was just oozed. Oh, I love that guy, I love that guy. I love talking to him, I love being around him. I just can't hardly get away from him. It's that sticky goodness. It's that sticky brotherly kindness. It's that sticky love of God and you wanna get more and more. You like being around grouch bags? How you doing? I ain't doing good, how you doing? 
How you doing, Philip? Are you good? How you doing, Charles? Don't look at me like that. I don't know about you, I don't want to stick around them people long. But oh, you find somebody that's talking about Jesus and his mercy and how good he is and how wonderful he is. And they say, oh my, it's dark time, but brother, ain't you glad we got the light in the evening time? Oh yeah, they've always got that positive something about them. Think of it, Jesus could come. They say, wow. Wow, I enjoyed being around them. I enjoyed them so much. Don't you see what's happening? God was able to, they don't tell them what they dealt with to get to that spot in their life. And the Lord took that out and just said, Now go be good to somebody. Yes, sir. Oh, if God can just get empty vessels, then take the word of God and pour it into that person. Not some say, oh, I shook when I received it. I spoke in tongues when I received it. I danced in the spirit. Forget it. Forget it. Just stay there until it comes. That's all. Till the vessel's full. Me and Karen was out yesterday driving down the road down toward Greenville. I love that country down through there. It's just so beautiful. I said, let's go look, see how the trees are out and, you know, flowers and stuff's blooming. So we went to a drive through and got us a little something for breakfast. And she got her a thing of water. And she got ready to take it off. I mean, that thing, you know how they do them water bottles? They fill them right to the very top. I reckon it's a two-in-one deal. You get a bass and a drink at the same time. <laughs> and you know how them bottles are. They're so soft. And then whenever you go to squeeze them and, and open them up, sure enough, you get a bath for sure. Oh, I want to be that full of God, don't you? Wouldn't it be awful to right now in the very end time and you'd be down just barely, barely got enough color right on the bottom. You got one little drap left, that's all you got. Oh, I'm so low, I ain't got not even a drap of it left. That's the way they say down south, not a drop, but a drap. You got a little drap of it left. I'll tell you one thing, I want to be so full up that my cup is running over into my saucer. <laughs> Hallelujah! I want to be so full of the goodness of God. If you don't want to be around me, and stay away because I'm going to talk about Jesus. I'm going to talk about his goodness. I'm going to talk about his mercy. I'm going to talk about the rapture that's right before us. Well, I got the Holy Ghost, but I ain't got no emotion with mine. Prophet of God said the same sensation, the same emotion that they had on the day of Pentecost. As a matter of fact, in a visible union in Shreveport, he said the second Adam's children act the same way they did there on the day of Pentecost, and that's only one way, screaming, hollering, shouting. Acts 2.38, young ones, come on, children. Listen at God's strategy. God's strategy is to take empty human vessels and shake the world as a What a strategy. 
<laughs> what a strategy. Look, whenever he got Peter and all of them, man, they was full of this and that and the other. Peter was like a lot of us, full of himself. <laughs> oh, yes, I ain't got too much ecclesiastical nonsense in me. Glory to God, I never was in Pentecost like you, Brother Donnie. I never was in the Baptist church. I never was in the Methodist church. You're telling on yourself. So what you're full of is you. Well, I believe this, and I don't believe that, and I certainly don't believe that. And then you wonder why God can't do nothing through you because you're so full of yourself. Ah, 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 me, me, me. But you need to die to I and die to me and let the Holy Ghost come in you in such a way that God can live his self out of your life. God's strategy. Let me finish here. This is where God wants us. Pentecostalism, Baptism, Methodism, messageism that's contrary to the scripture. Not the message, but the way people put the message together. When you put quotes together and you make them say something contrary to the word of God, you're under anointing of the devil. What can God do? Let's call this bottle Donnie Reagan. Let's call it Daryl Ward. Let's call it Keith Phillips. Karen Reagan. You young men, you young sisters. What can God do? But Brother Donnie, I've got so many gifts and I've got so many talents. I've got so many things I could give the Lord if I could just convince him of all I have. Brother Donnie, why are you empty now? Oh, you didn't see it. That was I and me and mine and ours. See, that one another I. Oh, that went two more me's. That went three more hours. Oh, our church is the greatest in the valley. Our family is the best family in Happy Valley. Really? (laughs) Well, I I wish Brother Donnie would listen to me. I wish they would. Yeah, here's what we think about you, pal. Here's what we think about me. You don't want me to lead you. You don't want Brother Dow to lead you. You want men that will empty themselves and let the Holy Ghost come in and fill every fiber of their being and lead you to the gates of paradise. that I go into the hospital room of a man dying of a heart attack. And I lay my hands on him and the heart attack stops. How can I understand that I can pray a simple prayer or you can? And God can take that and make the demon leave out of a person's body. How does it work? I don't have a clue. 
I've seen it thousands and thousands of times in my ministry over the years. I don't understand a bit more today how it works than when it started decades ago. It's not important that I understand how it works, but that I believe it still does. (laughs) Brother Brown couldn't explain it himself. How could God take a man and take his eyes and move him into the fourth dimension where he can see things that's happening? And then that fourth dimension moved back between decades of time. I see you as a little girl. I see you coming home from school. You've got on a yellow checkered dress. You run up on the porch, a dog gets after you. Rounds you up on the porch and you fall through the door. You've been afraid the rest of your life. I see you here, brother. Oh, I see that. You're afraid of wintertime. You've got a phobia of wintertime. And it causes constipation. Now, can you imagine going to your belly doctor and him telling you, well, it's a fear of wintertime. They say, you're crazy. He say, stay off the internet. But you see, how could it work? God was able to take a man in the fourth dimension. Oh, let's see another one, shall we? Oh, I see, brother, you're here tonight. You're poor. You're poor. You're a mechanic. And you worked on cars. But you've had a scare, a fear. You got carbon monoxide poisoning. And you need to go back to work. You're poor. You need to go back to work. But you're afraid to go back to work. Walk off this platform. You'll be made well. Could he explain that? Well, of course he could. How in the world could he tell a man that? He didn't know that man's need, but what was it? He was able to empty out William Branham, and God poured that something in and used those eyes to look back in time, look ahead in time, and bring the result down to right now. Oh, God's strategy is to take empty human vessels and shake the world. They said about the apostles, these men that have turned the world upside down have come to our city. Now you can imagine if they've turned the world upside down, what they're going to do to your house. This is why Satan hates this message. Because on the day I told her, I said, there's never been a message on the earth. Never been a message that Satan hates so bad as this one. Why don't the attackers attack Oral Roberts? Why'd he leave a university? Why don't they attack A.A. Allen? Why'd he leave Miracle Valley out in Arizona? Why don't they attack this one or that one? They left no message. Why do they attack this one? It's not just the man William Branham. It's the message left behind because Satan fears this message like no other. Hallelujah. He hates this message. He fears this message. At Pentecost, what did he do? It taken them 10 days to get all emptied out. We have people that come out for the Holy Ghost. They pray for a minute, maybe two. They really stretch the bounds to three. 
And then they get up. I wonder how it makes the Lord feel. Oh God, I want the Holy Ghost so bad. God, I want it so bad, it's so bad. 60 seconds are sitting back down at their seat texting on the phone again. Ah, you don't like God to me, you want it so bad. If you wanted it, I think you'd be praying at night time. You'd be spending less time on your iPad, on your iPhone, and on your i this and i that. God, I need the Holy Ghost phones. Do you understand? You will not go in the rapture without the baptism of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is not an option like power windows. If you don't have it, you don't go. If you don't have it, you don't fly. I believe in the power of the mask. Until just last week, if you didn't have a mask, you couldn't fly. Well, God still has that mandate. If you ain't mask and God ain't mask inside of your soul, you still don't fly. The FAA and the CDC and whoever more will never change that mask mandate. The almighty God must be masked in our body. And when you pray, Satan ain't actually hearing your voice, Brother Brad. He ain't hearing your voice, my brother, sister, but he's hearing the voice of Jesus. Why it's Jesus in another mask. Praise be to God. Brother Darrell stopped at a store not long ago. He was telling me about it. There's some guy in the store there. And it went in, so when masks were still mandated. And he said, this guy walked up there, and he, the guy behind the counter, the cash register, knew him. And he looked at him and said, well, John, you've changed your mask. Brother Darrell, I said, I thought, glory to God. That's what we can say about the Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus, you changed your mask from David. You changed it from Solomon. You changed it to your own human body. And you changed it to where you look like Peter. And you look like John. And you look like Bartholomew. And then you changed it in this day. And now you've changed it again. Same man, different mask. Same God, different mask. <laughs> it's taken them 10 days to get all emptied up, wow. But they was all standing there with their vessels turned up. How much water do you figure I could get in this? This way some folks come to church. We're not holy rollers, we're holy nodders. And some people get wild in the buck every now and then they go, oh, right. <laughs> I'm here, I'm here, I brought my vessel. But you're not sitting the right way. <laughs> Look at all the goodness he's got. All the mercy. All the forgiveness that he wants to pour in there. But remember, once he fills you up, he don't want you to keep it for yourself. He wants you to tell somebody else. God took himself and filled them up. That's all. They shook the world, poured himself into them. That's the need of today. 
That's what we need today. It's the empty vessels, yes sir. So God can fill them. You cannot take them. I got to bypass a lot here. Wonder what else he had to say. God cannot use them as long as they're already filled up. If you're full of theological training, God can't use you. God's got to have empty vessels so he can fill them. That's what was at Pentecost. They had empty vessels so God could fill them up. Brother, this day demands that. This day's got to have that. We'll have that or perish. Let me close with this in paragraph 356. When John came on the scene, the little church was certainly in the minority, but there were some empty vessels to pour the oil in. Hallelujah. God, let us empty ourselves. Get empty, friends. Get weak. I think one of the greatest self-help books that could ever be written is How to Get Weak. How to Get Empty. But what is so much of the self-help books? It's to motivate us. Your full potential is this and that and the other. You can do this, you can do that. That's filled with our minds. You see it on people's t-shirts. They're wearing it around, how great I am. I'm this, I'm that, the other. What does it do? It instills in our young people. Years and years it may take God to get it out of them. Our arrogance that we've stuffed in their head. Notice this, get empty friends. Get weak, deny your own ability. You out in radio, not in radio, but out here in these tapes, wherever they come, empty yourselves. Pour yourselves out upon God's altar as a sacrifice. Let the angel come with a coal of fire. Fill that vessel with the power of Almighty God. Then he'll make you strong. Can I read a couple more scriptures? 2 Timothy 4, 6. For I am now ready to be offered. Look at the word offered. Pour out as a drink offering. Make a libation. Now the libation was that part which was part of the sacrifice. So the lamb, the turtle of the pigeon, the ox, what it was that they was offering for a sin atonement on the day of, of redemption or for their sins. They would take a drink offering and they would pour that drink offering on the sacrifice as the last stage before it's consumed. So Paul has taken himself and he said, I'm now ready to be offered. He's been in the marmotine now for months, months and months. Notice he said, I'm now ready to be offered. And the time of my departure, a metaphor drawn from loosing from the moorings, preparatory to setting sail. So this is what death is to a real child of God. What y'all doing? Oh, I'm just loosening the ropes. Loosening the ropes, tying up the sail. I'm going on a journey. Where is it? Across the sea. See the bluegrass on the other side over there? I'm fixing to step out. Paul said, oh, I'm scared to death. Oh, I'm so scared. I'm so scared. He said, I ain't got nothing to be scared of. He said, I'm offering my life, the libation of what I am. Oh, death to Paul was simply a departure, leaving this to a better world. 
Notice he said that the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. To have fought the good fight implies he's won. Notice he's already won and he's still alive. I have fought a good fight. I finished my course. I've kept the faith. The apostle is now an old man. Had preached the gospel for nine to 35 years. He'd been confined to the Marmotine prison for months. No windows, no doors. One little hole up in the top. And they would drop his food and his water down that hole. But he said, I'm ready to be offered. I'm ready. How could he say such a thing? Where's his attitude? God, you say you love me. You're supposed to be a good God. Look at his attitude. I'm ready to be offered. I'm fixing to step up on that old ship of Zion. They're already loosened the moorings. The sail's been tightened up. Before I know it, I'll be whisked across the river. Praise God. Let that be our testimony as well. Can we stand? Brother Daniel, let's read just a little bit there in that Laodicean church age. Here's the very epitome of God's love story. Herein is now set forth the love of God. He desired in love a family of his own. A family of sons. Sons like himself. There before him lies all mankind as one lump of clay. Out of that same lump, he will now make vessels unto honor and unto dishonor. The choosing will be his own choosing. Those chosen ones born of his spirit will be trained to conform to his image in their walk. He reproves with all long-suffering and gentleness and mercy. He chastens with nail-scarred hands. Sometimes a potter must take the vessel he is working on and thoroughly break it down in order that he may rebuild it exactly as he desires it. But it is love. This is his love. Another way of his love, there is not. There cannot be. Why do I go through things? Right here, his love. And he's working things out of that that we probably will never understand on this side. But it'll make more sense after. How many wants to be more like him in your walk? Maybe God will let our lives pass before us today. Now, you know, the difficult part about it is, is many of us may think we're this. When in reality, we're so full of this and that and the other. Ambitions of what we want to be and desires of what we want to be. In my opinion, and well, my mama, I, I can't do that because my mama would just disown me. My daddy would disown me. Yeah, you're still full of the love of your mom and daddy more than Jesus Christ. It's hard. Oh, I know it's hard. I know it's hard to be dejected by your family. I know that. I've experienced that myself. I know it's hard to be rejected by friends. I know many of you know the same thing. But if I'm going to be rejected, let me be rejected by my family instead of him. 
If I'm going to be rejected, let me be rejected by message people instead of him. And if I can get myself, the more I can get myself out of the way, the more he can use me. Brother Donnie, you're an old man. I honestly didn't need you to tell me that. (laughs) I knew that already. (laughs) But if God could deal with an old man by the name of Abraham, started dealing with him when he was 75, I've still got a few years before that ever even starts yet. What about it? We can live in regrets. Well, if I wish I'd have done it when I was younger, now my life is already gone. No, it's not. You're 60, you're 70, I've made so many mistakes. Well, repent of those mistakes and let God take the rest of what you are and fill you up with himself. Well, I cast out devils or I raised the dead? Probably not. That's among the believers. Every believer's not gonna do that. But I'll tell you what you can do. You can put your arm around a sister that's hurting your sisters and let her know somebody's praying for her. A brother that may be going through a terrible time And you and him may not be best of buddies, but yeah, you just say, brother, I love you. Just been having you on my heart lately. Just wanted you to know I'm praying for you. Let God empty out some of that goodness that he gave you and mercy. Let's bow our heads. Father, thank you for today. Lord, I still... I still find it hard to believe that you would choose to use us in our state. The stars, how beautiful, how excellent they are, still in their original position that you placed them. They've not failed you one time. The sun has never got up one morning and said, I'm wore out. I've been doing this for millions of years. I'm taking the day off. I'm so glad it don't. We'd be in a mess if it did. But Lord, we get weary and tired and frustrated. Sometimes we just get lazy. We complain, you know, how we are as humans. But you and your love, instead of just throwing us aside, you just send us a message of love and forgiveness. Speak to our hearts to let us know that you love us. Thank you for that, Father. I pray you'd help each of us that are here today and those that have streamed the service and those that will go back and archive it later. Lord God, would you help each of us that we can empty ourselves. We know it's so hard for our human makeup because we're so dependent, especially if we're talented. If we're accomplished in several things, then we tend to rely on that. Help us, Father, to empty ourselves. Lord God, may you search my heart today. Begin with me, Lord. Help me, Jesus. Help me, Father. Let me empty myself. Lord God, that you can use me. I don't know how many more years I've got if there's years left. But I want to be found faithful. I know eventually I'll come to a spot I won't be able to remember to preach. And if, if time goes on that long, the people think, poor Brother Donnie, bless his heart. We're going to have to do something. He he, he just can't be our pastor no more. He can't quote scriptures. He can't remember. He repeats himself. He just, poor old guy. They'll put up with me for a while, but eventually they'll have to do something different. That's the way time does us. But oh God, 
if we've given our vessel over to you, one day our vessel will be changed. Oh, Jesus, may you help every man, woman, boy, and girl here today. May they look at their self and think, Lord, what am I full of? Pride, arrogance, selfishness. Help me, Jesus. Help me to empty out so that you can conquer my little world with yourself. Praise God. We worship you today, Lord Jesus. Let me just ask you now in groups, just listen carefully. How many of you young people, you want to be a vessel like this, that the Lord can fill you with himself? All you young people only right now, raise your hand to the Lord. God bless you. Young men, young women, some preteens, some's in their teens, some in their 20s. God bless you. What about some of you older Christians? 20s, 30s, 40s, single, married, whatever you are. Lord God, use me. I'll raise my hand too. What about some of you that have been around the message forever and ever? You just think you've seen about everything and know about everything. You may not have enough gumption about you to raise your hand, but can you just in your heart say, Lord, please forgive me. I don't want to be a know-it-all. I don't want to be a person, Lord, that I've been around and I think I know everything. Jesus, may you search every one of us. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Put us up on your wheel, Lord God, as the great potter. Mold us, make us, shape us. Fill us with yourself. Lord God, in the name of Jesus. Help us to express your love, your kindness, your forgiveness. The world is starving to death for a little bit of love. Help us, I pray, Lord God. And when the last one has come in and the book is closed, then you'll come and take this living book out of the earth. And we'll go up to Papa's house. We love you, Lord Jesus. Sing something for us, Harry. Can we just worship the Lord now together? Oh, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. But Brother Donnie, I gave you my all years and years ago. I know, I I know. I know you thought that. And you probably even said that when you prayed it. But as we go on, we realize we're still giving our all. It's amazing to find Brother Renneman, the transitions of his ministries, when God's fixing to do something for him. Before the seals come and tell him, consecrate yourself. Separate yourself from these men. Brother Bam, need the Holy Ghost? No. He just needed to consecrate and set himself aside a little bit more so the Lord could have a special visitation with him. This is what makes the bride different from the church. There's many things, of course. But this is one of the things. She's separated unto her husband. So she don't want to act like the world, dress like the world, talk like the world. She want nothing to do with the world. Be thou separate. You've heard me say it, that this is what they'd say in the, in the engagement ceremony between a Hebrew boy and a Hebrew girl. Be thou sanctified unto me according to the law of God and of Moses. And the bride would answer that she was. So she was sanctified, set aside for him. 
Oh, my. Let's just worship him a little before we go, can we? Oh, I know you got plans today. You're going out to eat lunch. Enjoy this beautiful day. But let's enjoy this beautiful presence. On the presence of God. Some of you may walked in here today. I mean, you are so full of whatever it was, you were running over. Anxiety, fear, trauma, memories of the past. What an awesome thing it'd be if there was nothing else accomplished out of this service. Then people would be able to walk out like this. And then start saying, fill me up, Jesus. Fill me up. Let's worship him together. Here's my cup, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I lift oh, that's it. Let's just worship him. Raise your vessel, as it were, up into the presence of the King. Come and quench this thirsting of my soul.
empty vessels, Lord God. How many ever left in this world that can be redeemed? Use us, Father. Help us to show them love your character, your nature, Lord God. throw the clay away. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Empty and broken. Thank you, Lord. I came back to you. Yes, Lord God. A vessel unworthy. So scarred by sin. Oh, yes, so scarred by sin. But he did not despair. He started over again. Aren't you glad? I'm blessed today. Thank you, Lord Jesus. He
Brother Joel Brown, come sing for us, buddy. If anybody asks you where I'm going, I'll tell you where we're fixing the head. He's fixing together all these vessels. Gather them up to his house. Put them on display. Can you imagine when this bride is brought there before the angels of God? The prophet tells us in the church age book already the streets of gold were laid and the gates of pearl were already hung. And the angels were standing there breathlessly. Can you imagine what it'll be when the resurrection morning comes? The dead in Christ shall rise first. We which are alive and remain shall be changed and we'll be called up together. We'll meet him in the air. And the angels of God will stand there as the queen walks through. Hallelujah. You imagine what it'll be in that great day when they circle the earth and they bow their heads because they don't know what we're singing about. Glory to God. I want to be there, don't you, children? With all my heart. If anybody asks you where I'm going, where I'm going, if you want to know.
today, my soul. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah, Lord God, your power that's here, may it bring healing, may it bring deliverance, may it bring victory, Father, in the lives of your children. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise your name, Lord. Glory to God. Let us pray together. Heavenly Father, we love you. We thank you for the day. Thank you for your great presence, Lord. Thank you, Father God, for your word. Thank you for your children. Thank you for Calvary, the power of the blood, the releasing agent that delivered us, sent our sins so far back, the accuser can't even find them no more. Hallelujah, there's no record, hallelujah to God, that we ever did it. Lord, we worship you, we praise you, Father. In the name of Jesus, go with your children now, Lord. Keep us by your grace and your mercy. May we be waiting for that morning, oh God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, when all of a sudden a change will go over us. Praise the Lord in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, and we shall be changed. Praise God. We worship you today, Jesus. We bless your mighty name. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. I'm not going to hold my peace and let some rock cry out in my place. Hallelujah. If Happy Valley won't sing your praises, maybe some of these gravels will. Ain't no gravel taking my place. Ain't no rock taking my place. I want my voice to be heard that I blessed your name. I want my voice to be heard that I worship the living God. The mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. We worship you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I mean, can say it's been good to be in the house of the Lord. <laughs> Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You can go if you want to. If you can't get out, we'll pack you out. If you just want to stay here and just enjoy this presence, that's all right, too. I'll tell you, there's so much hell and stuff out yonder. When we get in this, I ain't no hurry to leave, are you? I love his presence. I love his presence. God bless you. We'll see you Sunday. We say, as Brother Lewis, I express welcome to the visitors that are here with us today. May God bless you, be with you, and keep you by his grace. Goodbye world, I say no longer with you, goodbye pleasures of sin, I'll be no longer with you, I made up my mind to go God's way for the rest of my life, I made up my mind to go God's way for the rest of my life. Goodbye world I'll say no longer with you Goodbye pleasures of sin I'll be no longer with you I made up my mind To go God's way for the rest of my life Amen I made up my mind
the praises of his people. So you want to know where God is? He's in your power. Oh, glory. He's in your praise. No, you didn't hear what I said. He's in your praise. He's not in Donnie Reagan's praise. He's not in Joel Brown's praise. He's in your praise. You want God to do something for you? Go to praising him right now. I dare you. I dare you to praise him. You say, Brother Joel, I'm sick. I'm discouraged. Praise him. Ah, no. Oh, y'all done. He inhabits your praise. I'm down, Brother Joel. I'm discouraged. I'm at my wits end. Praise him. Did I say that right? Mm. Hallelujah. Praise your name, Jesus. Blessed be thy name, O God. Hallelujah. Come on, saints. Y'all ain't left, so I know you want to do something. If y'all want to go, go. But if you're going to stay in here, we got to praise. We got to do something. We got to get the devil out of here. Because you heard what the pastor just said. When we step out those doors, y'all know how chaotic it is. Y'all know what pressure's out there. And the prophet tells us this is the place that we let off the pressure. Amen. Amen. Because if you pop off in Walmart, they're going to call security on you. If you pop off in Lowe's, they'll come for you. Ain't nobody going to look funny if you here. If they do, come and see me. Come and see Brother Donnie. Come and see some of these ministers and the deacons. They'll take care of that person. But we got to praise him. Amen. Come on, saints. But Joel, you trying to pump us up? Ah. I just see people still standing here because y'all want to worship. Y'all want to do something. The word's already gone forth. Come on, saints. If I could work you up, I'd work you up. If I knew how to do that. playing with you. It ain't time to play. Hallelujah. Blessed be that And the problems I had on yesterday are misstepping stones to a higher plane and that problem that seemed so awesome to me are now my banners of victory and I know I'm headed to my future home and the voice I hear is yours alone every day that I live Lord I love again and the problem I had 
on yesterday are mere stepping stones to a higher plane and that trial that seemed so awesome to me are now my banners of victory and I know I'm headed to my future home and the voice I hear is yours alone every day that I live to change in your situation there's something about the name of Jesus I don't know who Gloria Gaither was thinking about but she said when she wrote this song she said Jesus 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 there's just something about let your atmosphere change just whisper that name just sing that name just call that name Jesus oh Jesus you say I'm sick that name Calvary was a success After the rain, Jesus, oh, 
kingdoms will all pass away but there's something just something father something happens when I call your name your praise, your adoration, O oh Lord. We bless you, Lord God Almighty. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Something keeps holding me. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. 
picture that you painted for me. Tells me so. He who 
sin and let the little child come in yes Jesus loves me